0: Global Justice Voices Podcast, The Leadership Chronicles.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Global Justice Voices Podcast. I'm your host, Florence Akara, and today we're bringing you a truly special episode featuring our co-host, Luis Silva. Luis isn't just a voice on our podcast. He is a dedicated civil servant in the Brazilian judiciary and an artist who's merging his passion for justice with the world of music. In this episode, we'll learn more about his journey. Louise, Malisa and I already know a little bit about your career and where you came from, but our listeners should be excited to find out more. Could you give us a glimpse into your background and your work with the Brazilian judiciary and how it aligns with your commitment to human rights?
0: For sure, Flo. Good day, my dear colleagues, good day, my dear listeners. Uh, It's a pleasure to be able to talk today to you about my background and my professional career. Um, So, I was born in one of the smallest, yet the most beautiful state of Brazil. Uh, It's called Paraíba. It's in the northeastern region of Brazil, and it was back there when I was at a very early stage at law school that I heard my first call to action in the human rights field and since then this has been the professional area in which I have worked and most likely the topic that I will address until the end of my life. I first got involved in this field as a scholarship holder in an academic group that worked with popular legal assistance and human rights training um, human rights education actually focusing on minority groups and members of social movements uh, of our communities in Paraíba. At that point it was already clear to me that I would not want to work, I wouldn't be happy in any branch of law that was not focused on transforming realities because in the classroom I had this uh, perception that the way the law is a structured tends to um, maintain privileges, tends to um, keep, uh, to maintain situations of inequality. Um, But with this work and popular legal assistance, it was possible to foresee that there are paths also in law, especially in this area of human rights that really uh, make a difference in people's lives. As is known, Brazil is a developing country with major social problems racism lack of infrastructure lack of access to justice uh, discrimination against women the list is huge and goes on but i believe that the only language that can translate how uh, those problems can be solved how can we find solutions to this problem um, is the language of human rights this approach that is at the same time universal but also Uh, that considers diversity when it comes to safeguarding rights. After law school, I moved to Brasilia, the capital city of Brazil, to continue my work with human rights, but now in the public sector. I'm a judicial civil servant working in the Brazilian federal judiciary. And For the past eight years, I've had the privilege of serving under the National Council of Justice, which is the main control body of our judicial system currently i work at a department that is dedicated to monitor brazil's compliance with the decisions that are issued by the inter-american human rights bodies the inter-american commission and the inter-american court of human rights now entering the department that i work within the council uh, it was a department uh, that was created in 2021 so uh, we are young and starting uh, this mission there in brazil and what uh, Uh, we basically do in a simplified explanation is to keep track of uh, human rights violations that took place or that are happening in Brazil and that weren't or that are not being effectively addressed by the the public sector and it came to the point that those cases were brought by the victims to the inter-american human rights system uh, in search of appropriate answers uh, and of uh, reparation measures From the Judiciary perspective, our mission is to facilitate the coordination between uh, the actors of the public sector to implement those decisions, those recommendations concerning those cases. And those decisions, those recommendations can be as simple as the payment of an amount of money as a form of reparation to the victim, but also there are some of them Uh, the non repetition measures that aim to implement more structural changes to prevent that a similar violation uh, um, uh, occurs uh, uh, again in the future. So it can be the implementation or the reform of some um, law or some treaty, or a reform on the functioning of some uh, public uh, institutions, some public policy, and uh, those tend to be uh, the most challenging um, measures to, to implement. And uh, the subject of those violations are, are also diverse. We have uh, modern slavery, mass murders in uh, our poor communities, in the favelas, torture in prisons and juvenile facilities, violations against persons with disabilities, crimes uh, concerning the military dictatorship, and blanket uh, uh, to false disappearances at that time. And the list could uh, uh, keep going more on this uh, horrifying stuff. A secondary, but also fundamental mission of uh, this department is to train the judges and other judicial actors on this topic of international human rights uh, standards. So, training is another area that the council has lots of expertise. And the idea is to ensure that the magistrates have the tools to incorporate these updated uh, protective standards in the uh, domestic jurisdictions. I think I'll stop here, but uh, yeah, this is a broad view of my background and uh, of my professional activity nowadays.
2: Thank you for sharing your wonderful story, Louise. It's always inspiring eh, to hear about work being done in the human rights field throughout the world. Oh, I forgot to greet our listeners. Hello, everyone. I'm your favorite host from the African sunshine, the very hot country of Zambia. And I'm joining this conversation, uh, as promised, on Sunday. It's great to be here with you all. Oh, so, Louise. I'm curious to know more about how the Hubert Humphrey program has influenced your journey. Specifically, in what ways has it helped you achieve your goals? I think uh, our listeners would love to hear about the insights and experience you have gained from the program so far. So being
0: here in Washington DC is a great opportunity to raise ideas and strategies to strengthen this work of monitoring and promoting human rights. Uh, um, especially linked to an an international jurisdiction as the uh, Inter-American system of human rights. And it is a great opportunity because it is here that are based the headquarters of several civil society organizations that work with uh, the victims, that work with um, strategic litigation in the area of human rights, and not to mention the most obvious, which is the fact that the Inter-American Commission on Human Rights is also based here in the capital of the United States. In the next semester, I intend to further explore this dialogue that I have already started with these entities, seeking uh, what are the best practices, what are the best technologies for this complex task of implementing rights uh, in order to bring those, to replicate those in the Brazilian judiciary the question I want to answer here in this experience is how to ensure that the most up-to-date standards on human rights the inter-american standards in especial, reach the daily lives of the Brazilian population and how uh, um, another important aspect is how we monitor that how can we measure the impact of those decisions of those recommendations and anyway i'm just one of the people who is looking for these answers in in this uh good political moment that we are currently experiencing in brazil one that is favorable to for us to put forward ideas on how to implement this uh, human rights agenda in the public sector and i truly believe that arriving at this answer on how to guarantee rights, especially for the most marginalized populations, will also be this great collective effort uh, made by uh, many hands.
1: That's really insightful, Louise. It's fascinating to see how your participation in the Humphrey program may help the judiciary of Brazil in the process to open up to updated human rights standards. And now, switching gears a little bit, We already know that you've got some thrilling news this week. Your first music album is launching today, December 12th, coinciding with the release of this episode. And you've mentioned to us that your album uh, presents a narrative that touches on human rights issues. And this blend of music advocacy is absolutely intriguing. Could you share with us how you managed to merge these two passions?
0: So at the same time that I was starting my career, Uh, As I told you, uh, in the area of human rights, I was also flirting with the possibility of maintaining a musical career in parallel. So uh, I have always been interested in music, uh, in singing and composing my own songs. But what happened in this process was that this dimension related to... Uh, human rights uh, to my uh, career in the public sector. I'm also studying uh, for the diplomatic career in Brazil. This Those uh, greatly uh, overlapped my other desire to have a musical career. Then, my first album, which I started recording almost 10 years ago, is being released today, uh, in 2023, finally. And this is an album that is not all disconnected from the area of human rights. The album is titled Other Basic Rules of Coexistence, in English. uh, In Portuguese, Outras Regras Básicas de Convivência. And uh, it tells the narrative of a black homeless man, a drug user who sees his rights completely disrespected and he goes through a process um, of being understood as invisible to other people, in, especially to people in more privileged positions. Worse than that, those people uh, want to make him disappear from the public spaces, and that's when our character, Eddie Musso, uh, it that's uh, his name, uh, tragically suffers from the prejudice of other institutions and uh, from the prejudice uh, of the police. Uh, The album also brings a message that questions the need uh, for prisons and uh, custodial hospitals, uh, which is another sensitive human rights issue in Brazil. And uh, at the end of the day, what I tried to do was to merge uh, a human rights message on the lyrics of the song. So, uh, yeah, we can consider them uh,
2: something like protest songs. Wow, Louise, I must say, um, and our our listeners will agree with me, that it's such an incredible thing to hear about the powerful combination of music and being a human rights lawyer and being a, a judiciary staff in your work. That's that's really intriguing, you know. So, uh, I would like to know because uh, I find it very interesting what drives the heart of your music. Could you tell us, and the listeners out there, I'm sure they're itching to find out, could you tell us about the spark, you know, the fire, the spark that inspired this album? I mean, uh, from what you've said and uh, from my interactions with you, I'm I'm still learning Portuguese, uh, and thanks to Louise, who's been teaching me, the narrative is based on uh, a real situation you experienced uh, in your human rights advocacy, correct? Can you shed more light uh, on that one? We're eager to to know more and understand how your experience in the human rights landscape shaped or inspired your music.
0: Thank you, brother. In fact, it is not really based on experience that I myself faced with advocacy in the area of human rights. So Eddie Musu is not a real character. Is a fictional character, but the point is that he could very well be uh, a real character. There are several uh, Edimusos in Brazil, uh, people for whom the the guarantee of rights and the existential minimums are nothing but a a dream, something very far from being uh, achievable. And much worse than that, people who are considered enemies just because of who they are or because they are in... Uh, facing degrading conditions. And what is the state's response in many of these cases? Segregation, violence, and never dialogue. So for all of this, I think the the spark, you ask me, that drives my music is uh, precisely having this opportunity to draw attention to invisible people, to those people who, when we talk about them, um, uh, we only deal with uh, negative aspects, how they are potential dangers for society, or how they need to be removed from society. So the focus of my music is to draw attention to the vulnerability of these populations. Uh, The call for all the basic rules of coexistence is also a call for us to accept diversity in all areas of our lives. The last song of the album, Uh, while dealing with uh, Demilso's tragic death, also deals with another aspect that is very Brazilian, which is the syncretism of our religions and how different cultures from different origins mix in this uh, cultural melting pot, sometimes harmonic uh, and sometimes uh, uh, conflicting. And this goes far beyond this uh, religious field. This diversity always needs to be respected especially when we are dealing with the formulation and uh, the implementation of rules, and um, in my case, the the implementation of these international human rights standards that I was speaking of. So there are many human rights issues that open up when we think that song lyrics uh, also mirror our realities. That's what I want to convey with my album and i really hope that listeners will be able to access the album i intend to release a version with english subtitles to facilitate a more universal understanding and i'll take the advantage of being invited to speak but i'm also the producer of the podcast so i'll share all the links to the songs and to the visual album in the description of this episode
1: Thank you so much, Louise, for sharing your inspiring journey with us. You know, for the past four months, getting to know you and hearing how you're building this uh, album has been very inspiring for me. Your use of technology and media and all forms of art. Um, you know, some as someone who is very passionate about art, I really understand the magnitude and the voice that it can reach out to. You know, it's, it's something that brings people together. So I really see your album as something that could really make a difference. So thank you so much for this enlightening conversation. And this episode is just rich in music and advocacy, thanks to you. And it marks a significant moment for us at the Global Justice Voices because you're part of us and we're so proud of you. Um, In our last episode of the year, you know, we're doing this at the last episode of the year, and as we look back On this year, it's been an incredible journey. We're so thankful to you, our podcast guests, for tuning in always. Um, We've had very deep, meaningful conversations and shared powerful stories. We've grown together as a community, and it's all thanks to your support and engagement. We'll be taking a short break and returning on January 21st, 2024. After the semester begins. So stay tuned, do not miss anything. In the meantime, we wish you all a wonderful holiday season and a fantastic start to the new year. Cheers.
2: Thank you, Florence and Louise, as well, for this insightful discussion. And I also want to thank you for being wonderful friends and wonderful co hosts for this uh, podcast, but also, You have been true comrades uh, through our initial coming to the U.S., our culture shock and navigating our way around the UBED Amphra program, the classes, the exams, and everything. You guys are the best. And I would like to thank the listeners as well for working with us in this journey. And we urge you to continue listening to the Global Justice Voices podcast because it is simply the best. Uh, As we close the year... Uh, I have an announcement. I will be going back home for the fall break. So I will be in Zambia. And maybe, maybe if the listeners are interested, I would broadcast my holiday back home and my experiences as part of the podcast. But until the next episode, salute and happy holidays. Thank you, Florence and Melissa, and a
0: big thanks to everyone who's been a part of our journey this year. Um, It's been an honor to share my story with you today and to be a part of this amazing podcast called Global Justice Voices as a a unique experience uh, throughout this year. As one of your co-hosts, I've witnessed the power of sharing and of learning from diverse perspectives. Each episode, each story has not only enriched our understanding, but also strengthened our collective commitment to justice and to human rights. As we close this year, I'm filled with gratitude for our listeners, our guests, and everyone who has contributed to making this podcast a beacon of hope and inspiration. We'll be back with more compelling stories and discussions on January 21st. Happy holidays and a wonderful new year to you all. And as we always say, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe.